Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. Plushcare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. You're listening to the Lit Up Lightworker Podcast, bringing you fun and soulful interviews with spiritual teachers with the aim of tuning you in and lighting you up with your host, George Lizos. Lightworker, welcome to another episode of the Lit Up Lightworker Podcast. Before we get started with today's episode, I am excited to tell you that my second book, Lightworkers Gotta Work, the ultimate guide to following your purpose and creating change in the world is coming out soon and it's now available to pre-order globally on Amazon. If you're feeling the call to make the world a better place, but you don't know where to start finding and following your life purpose, I wrote this book for you. It is packed with processes, rituals, and meditations to help you turn on your light 
and get it to work so that together we get to create a better world. If you want to get started right away with finding your life purpose until you get the book in your hands, I have a free step-by-step -step guide guiding you to do so. And all you have to do to grab it is to go to georgelizos.com forward slash life purpose and you'll be able to download it. In today's episode, we're talking all about dealing with the isolation, anxiety, fear, stress, uncertainty, and loneliness that many of us are experiencing right now during the coronavirus outbreak. I don't know about you, but I've certainly gone through some of these emotions during the current lockdown. And as much as we try to resist it, the world is changing. Future plans get cancelled. Routines get disrupted, behaviors change, life as we know it is shifting. So during this time, we are really faced with a choice. We can either sink or rise. And I know you've heard this countless time that change is inevitable. Whether we're affected positively or negatively by it is purely up to us. And to quote Maya Angelou, if you don't like something, change it. If you can't change it, change your attitude. And that's exactly what we're going to be doing today. I've invited Dr. Lori Nadell, a world-leading expert on healing anxiety, stress, and trauma, to come and share with us practical ways we can use to cope with loneliness, fear, and anxiety during this coronavirus pandemic. Specifically, in this interview, you're going to learn a practical color meditation that you can use to alleviate feelings of loneliness and anxiety. You learn how traumatic events affect our mental health and what we can do to prepare ourselves for them. You learn mindset shifts to help you find the opportunities that this pandemic brings into the world, as well as guidance on overcoming fear and uncertainty about the future. It's a really special interview filled with so much practical guidance and I'm so excited for you to dive into it. When you're done listening, come on in and join my free private Facebook group, Your Spiritual Toolkit, to share with me your number one tool or mindset shift that you learned from today's episode. Without further ado, enjoy this episode with Dr. Lori Nadel. A journalist for the first 20 years of her career, Dr. Lori Nadell is a specialist in acute stress, trauma, and anxiety issues. She's considered a thought leader in the emerging field of acute stress and PTSD. She has been interviewed in the New York Times, National Public Radio, Reuters, and CNN.com. After losing her home to Hurricane Sandy, Dr. Lori ran long-term support groups for survivors. From 2003 to 2005, she directed a program for teenagers whose fathers were killed in the 9-11 World Trade Center attacks. Her four-time bestseller, Sixth Sense, Unlocking Your Ultimate Mind Power, was featured twice on Oprah. The Five Gifts, Discovering Healing, Hope, and Strength When Disaster Strikes, is her seventh book. Dr. Laurie, welcome to the Lit Up Lightworker podcast. Oh, George, thank you so much. It's really an honor to be here with you. I am so excited to have you on because this is a time where we need your help and expertise to oh. deal with what's going on in the world with COVID-19. 
But before we, go, we, we get into that, let's just get some basic definitions down so we know what we're dealing with. Trauma and PTSD, what are they? How would you put a definition to them? You know, this is a really important question because the word trauma has become part of our everyday uh, experience and vocabulary. When something happens that's upsetting, we tend to say, oh, that was such a traumatic argument I had. But trauma is not an argument. It's not a bad hair day. It means that you have witnessed or survived or someone close to you has experienced a sudden life and death situation where there's either been a threat to life or there's been actual loss of life. And that includes being wounded or being injured. And um, an epidemic or a pandemic like uh, coronavirus is a, tr is a traumatic, it's a global collective trauma for all of us because we are, we are potentially threatened by death with this disease. Now, most people do recover and most people even have very mild symptoms. But, um, but a lot of people uh, who are not even in the high risk categories are dying suddenly and inexplicably. So there's a, a random element that you get with tornadoes or you get with certain hurricanes. Like there's a sudden kind of violent event that takes over your life and uh, all of a sudden you can't breathe or all of a sudden everything that you've built is gone and there's a, a, a feeling of helplessness and horror. So we call that, you know, that that is the definition of a traumatic event. And what happens when that, ha when, when that occurs is you're, you're flooded with stress hormones, but not everyday stress hormones. You're flooded with what we call acute stress hormones, which means that you, you, you kind of get paralyzed. You go into a kind of flight or fight or flight realm and um, your, your body and mind go into a kind of shock. PTSD, which is also something that you know, we use interchangeably for being upset, it really is, is a, a kind of, it's a flashback mechanism where something very subtle from the five physical senses can cause your body and your brain to remember what it felt like at the time of that horrifying event. And your, your body is actually re-experiencing it um, chemically and neurochemically, the same stress hormones get released through the entire bioorganism, and you'll feel, um, you know, your heart may start racing, you may feel nauseated, your hands may start to sweat, um, you may feel that you're like stuck, you may feel um, like you're literally like your body is hot wired, and you you feel like you're going to jump out of your skin because there's it's like an inflammatory response. Your nervous system wants to prep you for the sense of danger, that uh-oh, and I call it the uh-oh moment when your body remembers, I remember when I had this feeling before, and then the, the molecules of emotion get reactivated and, and your, your body is just flooded with this cascade of horrible, horrible physical and mental and emotional uh, sensations. So it sounds like trauma is something that we all experience to some degree or another, because usually when you hear about trauma, people just 
um, just really downplayed by saying, oh, like, like I haven't been through a war or I haven't been through a disaster. So surely something like COVID-19 and what's going on in the world right now is not affecting you really to such a great degree. So would you say that there are levels of trauma and levels that we can be affected by it? And first of all, are we all affected by it? Are we all affected by trauma at yes. one point or another? Yes. Um, of course. I mean, you know, birth itself is a traumatic experience. Yes. You know, we, we, we are literally pushed out of the womb into this big, wide open space with lights and noises and strange people touching and holding you and testing you and probing you. So, um, you know, birth itself, you know, in a way, it's, it's a kind of death and a kind of life at the same time. And of course, there are many different types of therapies that take us back to the moment of birth because it was that was um, it, it was that sudden and harsh and violent an experience to be removed from the safety of the womb. Uh, we go through life, and most of us have a worldview that allows us to navigate from point A to point B, and then you have lunch, and then you go to point C, and then you go home. And in, in most situations, we get into a routine and the, the, the old part of the brain, which is what we call the reptilian brain, is the brain of patterns, habits, and routines. And it says, you know, Tuesday, um, I, always, I always read the sports section and then at night I play basketball and Wednesday is spaghetti night and Saturday I go visit my mom. And so the, the week has a certain routine and rhythm to it. But say now here in the United States with uh, the coronavirus uh, pandemic, uh, people have been told you have to stay indoors. Um, you cannot go to work. So the normal routines of this is what I do on Monday. This is where I go on Tuesday. Uh, on Wednesday, we have a staff meeting. Everything has been all of those rituals and routines that give us a sense of safety and continuity have been taken away, not to punish us, but a lot, a lot of people feel unsafe when that happens because the structure of, of our lives is set up to give us a sense of continuity and ritual and, that, and safety and predictability. And what I noticed after September 11th, and uh, my office was uh, not right on top, but my office was about one and a half miles that would be what about three 3.4 kilometers north of the world trade center and so the whole downtown area was was directly affected by by this um one of the first things that that stunned people was that the structure and and predictability of the routine it's tuesday you're sitting at your desk you're doing your work you're on the phone um you're, you're kind of you're 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 minding your own business or you're taking a meeting and suddenly a plane flies in through the window and you know, you're incinerated or the people in the next building are flying in front of you because they've jumped out of the top floor and your whole sense of normal get literally gets bombed. Just like there's a physical bombing, there's, there's a bombing that happens in the, in the part of the brain that structures our experience to give us a sense of normal. And all of those routines that, you know, I take the 7.10 a.m. and I take the 5.03 back home, all of those routines were shattered. And that also contributes to a very deep sense of uncertainty and that life as we know it 
uh, has been disrupted or taken away. But the problem is that life as we know it is a construct. You know, just like we, we conceive of time in a way that our human mind can understand it, but physicists and scientists and mystics tell us that time is not linear and it doesn't have a beginning, a middle, and an end. There's, there's no such thing as 3.15 p.m. Um, it, it's fluid. It's multidimensional. Uh, we can see the present. We, we may have alternate realities that are running simultaneously. It's almost beyond the human mind's ability to comprehend. So we create structures, and a lot of those structures involve time management, routines, and rituals. Mm -hmm. And we, we start to believe that this is reality. And, and an event that puts us face to face with our own mortality, which we call, a, which is a traumatic event, because in this case, as, as in all cases of trauma, it's sudden, it's violent, it's unexpected. It can also serve as a wake up call to realize that, you know, reality is not what I thought it was. And there, there must be a, a higher a higher plane, a higher intelligence, um, you know, a, a spirit, a, a, an all-knowing being, a presence that, that, that knows and understands more than I am personally capable of understanding because what's happening around me and around us is really unthinkable and it's, it's, it's impossible to understand it with our normal logic and structure and procedure. So it, it kind of, in a way, it's like Star Trek. It blasts us into another realm where our whole sense of time and space has immediately gets reconfigured. And we are wandering around in new territory because the landmarks of Spaghetti Night or our favorite TV shows or the basketball game or yoga or when we go to the gym, all of those routines get disrupted. And so we start asking bigger picture questions. It's an opportunity for growth in a sense. Absolutely. Living within and realizing stuff about ourselves and learning to uh, find certainty amidst uncertainty. Now, before Absolutely. we move into the problem solving aspect of things, I want to talk a little bit about secondary trauma, which is something that I feel that I, I think is not talked about a lot. I think it's called secondary trauma or secondary PTSD. Mm -hmm. Is basically when somebody else tells you about something traumatic they've been through and then you take some of that trauma with you. And I've experienced this, this on a very personal level, like my mom uh, went through a war here in Cyprus. So I grew up hearing stories about the war and how they were displaced from their houses. And I can't help but feel some sense of that fear and trauma within me. And then I feel guilty because I haven't been through that. So why would I feel that kind of fear? So it creates a whole raft of emotions. And I'm sure so many people are feeling those kind of emotions from 9-11, like from what they've seen on TV or from like even TV series and movies. So can you talk a little bit about that secondary PTSD and how uh, it affects us? Well, I, I think, again, you're referring to the United States in last June. June is PTSD Awareness Month. And last June, the National Institutes of Health declared that post-traumatic stress disorder is a national epidemic in the United States with 44 million people, of whom only 6 million are actually veterans. So 40, mm. and, and that really is the tip of the iceberg because most people don't know that they have been viscerally impacted by trauma. 
So when we talk about secondary PTSD, we can absorb, and in fact, there's new research and evidence that shows that traumatic memories alter the DNA, and there's such a thing as intergenerational trauma, that the way in which we, we process stress um, can, be, can affect the genes that control the flow of stress hormones. And so um, it, it, it can be very, from, a, from an evolutionary standpoint, most of us are, have ancestors who were traumatized in the fight for survival. And even though we've been cushioned from that, we are imprinted by that at a subconscious level. And, and the collective unconscious of humanity, um, many of my friends are, are reading history, they're reading ancient history, because we have a feeling right now that we're in a cycle that is, it, it, it's, it's bigger than we are, but it's also very reminiscent of cycles that have happened in the Middle Ages or in the Bible or uh, the fall of the Roman Empire or leading up to um, the, uh, the, the fascist regimes in Europe in the 1940s. There, there are an awful lot of similarities. And we learn about those as children. And even though we may not be personally haunted by them, the, the, those trauma imprints, if you will, they, they remain with us and they can get reactivated in a very physical, visceral way. So that's a form of secondary trauma. Being with somebody, uh, for example, the wives of first responders or veterans or partners, uh, or somebody who's been through a car accident, or somebody who has um, survived 9-11, their, their partners um, will, will absorb some of the trauma that the, the, the person who experienced directly may be having nightmares or they may be uh, easily startled or they may be irritable or there, there are a lot of uh, ways in which PTSD can present itself and we absorb that if we're, if we're with somebody. Um, I, I see it a lot in how the reporters on television are covering uh, this, this uh, pandemic. Um, you, can, you can see it in their eyes. You can see how they're breathing. You can see, you can, you can hear the tone of voice that many of them themselves are traumatized by seeing the morgues and by seeing the, you know, the, the crush of hysteria in, in the emergency rooms. And so they, they themselves are experiencing firsthand witnessing, but they're absorbing the trauma of others. And so it's, it's a kind of frontline secondary trauma. Um, I, I heard the other day about uh, somebody who was a war correspondent who had a child die uh, while holding on to him. And so even though he himself had not been um, attacked physically, uh, that the memories of, of watching this little boy who got killed and didn't survive and who was clinging to him for help created a secondary trauma that affected him and his wife for many, many years. Now, we also have something that is another kind of secondary trauma which is really important for people to understand. Vicarious trauma, or VT, yeah. is a form of, of post-traumatic stress that we can develop from hours of watching disturbing images on screens. It used to be a, a, a clinical diagnosis that if somebody worked in the police department, in the communications department, in forensics, uh, in a criminal you know, institution like a prison where they were watching um, you know, videos or films or tapes 
of violent people doing violent events or committing crimes or mayhem or murder or riots, if you watch that for hours and hours and hours, you will develop, uh, you, you can develop post-traumatic stress. Uh, when I was a young television reporter, uh, a writer, producer, when I would sit in the control room for hours in the edit booth, and I would be watching hours and hours of footage of famines in Africa and children starving and uh, mothers carrying babies through napalm in Vietnam. And I would go home and this went on off and on for years. I would have nightmares in which I would see all of the footage, the physical footage that ended up on the cutting room floor. And I would dream it over and over again because that's how the, the brain tries to, and the word we use is metabolize. We have to digest something that's so horrifying that it's like you just took a giant chunk of meat and tried to eat it without swallowing it. And the brain can take a long time, the subconscious mind can take a long time in breaking that down and metabolizing it into tiny, tiny, tiny little frames of memory so that we can absorb the shock and horror of what we have seen. And it's really important during this time to take a news break, turn off, this, turn off your screen, put down your phone, put down your device, turn off the television, don't listen to the radio, um, go take a walk, sit in the garden, talk to a friend, have a cup of tea, read, just clear your mind because th those images and the sounds and the panic that's being communicated in the way the news is being presented, you're absorbing it. Um, even if you're multitasking and you're doing five different things at once. And it's really important to take a break from it uh, periodically during the day because it will it'll make it easier for you to sleep at night. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Oh, I don't even have a TV at home because of exactly this reason. But I, I want to read something that you wrote. Uh, you wrote an article recently on Medium.com about how to deal with the corona pandemic. And you say, in our extroverted society, we're not encouraged to spend time alone. It might, be, it might not be your first choice, but finding balance and calm while being bombarded with news about the escalating pandemic and rising death tolls calls us to hit the pause button on life and find out way within to a place of inner safety. And you guide us, guide people through a beautiful meditation, a color meditation to find peace, which I found very peaceful and very helpful. Could you just give us like simple steps that we can all use right now to 
to find some of that ease through this meditation. Well, thank you, George. I, I'm so glad that you mentioned that. Um, the easiest, the easiest process that I, I've ever found um, is to check in with your body and notice where am I feeling tension? Is it in the shoulders? Is it in the back of the neck? Is it in, is is this? Is it in the stomach or abdominal area? And close your eyes. And as as you close your eyes and you inhale, focus in on the tension points, and ask in your mind, what color would help you to feel better? And whatever color comes into your mind, it's coming from your your subconscious or your unconscious, which uses the body as a signaling field. And so the pain, the knot in your stomach, is literally um, information. It's like a, a symbol in a dream. It, it's a resource. And if that knot in your stomach is saying, I want green, then, then just allow yourself to inhale a wave of green. And if you, if you don't like to visualize or it's not uh, a comfortable modality for you, you can say the word green. Or you can just imagine that the molecules of green energy, the frequency of green, can hitch a ride on the oxygen molecules as you inhale. So you don't have to visualize anything. You can just kind of say or think green and allow green to blend with the oxygen as you inhale and find its way through your bloodstream as the, as the oxygen molecules travel through your body. Find its way to that knot in your stomach and begin to heal and soothe and relax and calm that knot in your stomach. And then as you exhale, you can release any tension or stress. You can release that knot in your stomach by breathing out a different color. So you could breathe in green and you can exhale red or yellow or black or any other color that you might want to release. And every time you do this, it may be a different color. And everyone's color is unique to him or her. When I first learned this technique, I remember sharing it with um, a, a woman who had come to see me who was blind and she was having a bronchitis. And when I asked her to breathe in a color, she told me that she, she, would, she had inhaled the color brown. And I was surprised because I would have thought that brown would be a color that you would want to exhale. But she said that no, brown was a color, uh, amber color, like honey. So she was thinking of a honey, like honey. If you breathe in an amber color, brown like honey, then of course it has a soothing property to your throat. But I was very curious because this woman, who has become a very dear friend of mine, had been blind since birth. And so I, without being rude, I wanted to ask her, how do you know what a color is? if you've never seen one. And she said, every color has a sound. Hmm. And brown is a sound like a rich, deep bell, like a church bell. And so when she inhaled her color, the sound, with, but the sound brown was speaking to her and calming the congestion in her throat. And I found that such a miraculous experience because it, it, I, I cannot get over it, you know, all these years later. Because our, our minds, our unconscious minds and our souls have so much deep wisdom that we are not conscious of. And, and the mind can take a color that, the, that you might not think in your conscious visualization that that color would have any kind of healing property. 
but your body may say, no, I need the richness of brown right now. And if you just trust what's coming from your inner self, it will be the right color. And it may even have a sound, or it may even have a feeling. It may be warm, it may be cool. There were all kinds of multi-sensoral properties or multi-sensory properties that you can begin to experience with this very simple process. Inhale a color, let it find its way to where your body wants to feel relaxed and calm. And then breathe out what you don't want to feel. Breathe out what you no longer need as you exhale a different color. And you'll find that in just a few seconds, this very simple process can take the edge off panic and can help you to feel more centered and balanced no matter what's going on around you. Such an easy yet powerful process and I practice it almost daily. Like with my Thank spirit you. guides, I may ask them to like surround me with a specific kind of color. And I, you're right, I instantly, like my body knows what it needs and I instantly feel at ease. So there are ways to deal. Like this is a perfect uh, like exercise to help us deal with trauma as we're going through something traumatic. But is there a way to prepare for trauma in advance? Because we don't know when trauma will hit. So what are some practices we can use to ready ourselves to handle trauma easily? Well, I, I like the uh, statement, um, uh, somebody, somebody gave me a reframe on it the other day. It's a Japanese martial arts statement, um, expect nothing, be prepared for anything. Huh. And uh, I have a little meme that says expect the unexpected. And um, that's, that's my mantra. I go through the day and if I start to get like a little weirded out by something, I'll just say to myself, well, expect the unexpected. I think the best thing for us is to understand that life itself is really not what we expect. It's not about getting what we want or what we think we want. Um, it's, it's something that can always surprise us and not all surprises are pleasant. But as I say in that article that you were kind enough to quote, hardship is part of life. And we, in, in the United States, we tend to believe that um, happiness is about getting what we want and happiness is about experiencing pleasure. And, uh, and the, the wisdom of, of the Buddha is that uh, we can learn to be serene and calm and even happy in moments of crisis and in moments of pain, because pain is experiencing loss is part of life. And at the World Trade Center Family Center, where I was privileged to run a program for teenagers whose fathers were killed in the towers on 9-11, we had a sign and the sign said, there is no change without loss. There is no loss without change. And so the loss, even the loss of safety that we're you know, feeling right now on a global scale can also be a wake-up call for us to, um, to really welcome certain changes. For example, you don't have to get in your car. You don't have to get on the subway. You don't have to fight crowds. You don't have to sit in an office and be chained to a desk all day. Uh, we, we have the opportunity to create a new kind of safe workspace 
that will integrate family life and work life. Uh, we can find different opportunities to connect with people online. The change, change opportunities here uh, have been really beneficial for, so, for millions of people because you get to hit the pause button on racing around and maybe the 10 errands that we were supposed to do today, and I include myself, maybe we don't have to do them today and life will go on. It's all about adjusting and just letting mm. ourselves flow and being like, I like this uh, Louise Hay analogy when she, she said that, be like a willow tree that's very like bendy with the wind. And as the wind comes, mm -hmm. you just bend with it. How beautiful, very beautiful. Lori. Thank you so much for sharing all these invaluable tools with us that we can use uh, to create um, more ease as we go through this global pandemic. Can you tell Tell us a little bit about your book, The Five Gifts, and where can people get it and where can people get in touch with you? Well, thank you. Um, I'm going to hold it up. I hope you, a little bit of self-promotion yes. here. Okay, I love it, The Five Gifts. Thank you. It's called The Five Gifts, Discovering Hope, Healing, and Strength When Disaster Strikes. Um, I lost my home to Hurricane Sandy. Uh, I had this lovely little beach college where I raised my family. And um, because of my work after September 11th, I was able to offer long-term support to people in my community. But because I was also going through the trauma of having lost my home, uh, I was meditating to ask for help, spiritual help. And I received these five gifts in meditation. And the five gifts are found in all cultures and spiritual traditions and they will help us get through the long haul of something like the coronavirus or any kind of natural disaster or any kind of severe loss. And these are humility, patience, empathy, forgiveness, and growth. So humility is accepting that, that there are events that are beyond our control and forces greater than we are. And that's really the humility of being human. And it's a great gift because it, it, it really helps us a lot to release the shock of why me and how could this happen to me? These, this, is, this is random. This is life. It could happen to any, anybody. Remember, um, expect nothing. Be prepared for anything. Mm. Uh, the second gift is patience. And patience is the gift that helps us not to be upset with ourselves because we feel we should be better now. You, know, you should be over it by now. Uh, the heart heals in its own time, and patience is the gift that lets us grieve. Uh, the third gift is empathy, and empathy is connecting, connectedness. And we're seeing a lot of this right now because the help cycle after a disaster is very intense, but it doesn't last a long time. It lasts a few weeks to a few months, and then people go back to their own kind of individuated or separated lives. And it's important for long-term healing for us to have long-term sustainable empathy. Um, we will need the empathy a year from now, two years from now. This is, this is a big one to process, the, the possibility of a, of, a, of a virus that could mutate that may be coming back seasonally like the flu until we get it under control medically. Um, it's going to be scary and there are going to be waves of it. Patience is the gift that will, and empathy is the other gift that will help us stay together uh, through the long haul. And, uh, forgiveness is the fourth gift. And I like to think that we have to begin by forgiving ourselves 
because we weren't able to prevent it in the first place. Uh, sometimes people will say, well, I should have done this if I hadn't gone to the store, if I hadn't stopped for gas, maybe I wouldn't have touched the metal. You know, we, we have a tendency to blame ourselves. Um, forgiving, when we're in a forgiving place, it kind of lets the, the, the sad feelings or the anger feelings kind of wash through us and it, it helps us to have hope. And, and the final gift is growth. And with growth, we look back on the event and we say, even though I would never wish this on anyone else, and I certainly wish it hadn't happened to me, I wouldn't be who I am today if I hadn't gone through this. So it's humility, patience, empathy, forgiveness, and what we call post-traumatic growth, where people use this as a catalyst to change their lives, to transform their lives and other people's lives for the better. Um, I thank you so much for asking me to be here to be able to share this with people. Uh, the book is available on Amazon. If for some reason uh, you, you're not able to get it, or if you would like to receive, uh, I'd be very happy to send you a free uh, electronic, a digital copy. Um, you can contact me through my website, which is laurienadel.com. That's L-A-U-R-I-E-N-A-D-E-L.com. And I am offering sessions and also readings, spiritual and intuitive readings, uh, through Skype and Zoom and uh, over the phone. So please contact me through my website. We'll be redesigning it um, in the next few weeks to make it easier to um, set, a, set a time and, uh, and set a session. But please email me if you would like a free digital copy of The Five Gifts. Dr. Lori, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us. I'll pop all the links in the show notes. Wishing you a lovely rest of your day. Thank you. You too. Thank you so much. And thank you, each of you, for listening and watching. And remember, breathe in that wonderful color and let it take away all that's bothering you in this moment. And breathe all that's bothering you right now by exhaling a different color. So thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Lit Up Lightworker podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at George Lizos to grab your free Lightworker survival guide and catch the next live episode. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.